disappointment is not what you think it is. It's not something you want to avoid. It's not something that says you're doing something wrong. It's not something that indicates you're not good enough or you're not capable. Disappointment is actually an emotion that ambitious women experience when they go after big things. It's an emotion that we actually want to have around because it tells us we're on the right track. In this podcast, I want to help you learn to normalize and welcome disappointment while loving yourself in the process. You ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. Disappointment is an icky feeling. It just doesn't feel very good in your body. And because of that, most of us spend a lot of time and energy avoiding it. But over the last few weeks, I've become a bit cozy with disappointment. And I've learned a few things that I wanted to share here on the podcast. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory. I've been a coach for about six years, but have been doing it exclusively for about the last four and a half. I've created a successful six-figure business. I've worked with hundreds of working moms over the past several years. And in many ways, I've, I've really achieved what I set out to achieve in the beginning. But at the start of 2021, I decided it was time to really up-level in my business. And what I mean by that is, I wanted to not just grow my business in a financial sense, but I wanted to grow my impact. I wanted to reach more working moms. I wanted to solve the work-life balance challenge. So my vision has literally up-leveled for the kind of business that I want to have, the kind of coach I want to be, and the kind of impact I want to have in this world. So what that meant is that the way I go about doing business and acquiring clients and serving clients, all of that had to change. Because if I keep doing exactly what I'm doing, I'm going to create the same results. That's what happens for all of us. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to create the same results. You're going to make the same amount of money. For me, I'm going to work with about the same amount of clients. My impact is going to be similar from year to year, right? It's not going to expand. And don't get me wrong, I feel a lot of pride over the work that I do in my business and what I've created and the time that I've created it, but I want more. That's what makes me ambitious. That's what makes me a go-getter. I always want to take things to the next level. And so what that means is I have to do things in a different way if I'm going to reach a different goal, if I'm going to reach a different result. I have to set some reach goals. I have to experiment with new ways of serving my clients and exploring new ways of getting my message out in the world. Lots and lots and lots and lots of new. Because if I want something new in my business, if I want to reach a goal I've never met before, I have to fundamentally do things in a new way. So at the beginning of 2021, I set some really big lofty goals that I had never done before. I wanted to create a new signature program for working moms. I wanted to develop new concepts and trainings to support them. I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to put more resources in the hands of working moms to help them create the balanced life that they deserve. I 
don't want working moms to feel that pull between work and home anymore. In fact, I think that pull is completely optional. I don't think we have to experience that. And I wanted to create a business that would teach and support working moms to have this experience. It's a big vision. So over the last six months, I've been doing a lot of creating. I've been focusing on serving my clients at bigger and better levels. I've done trainings. I've launched new products. I've launched this podcast. And yet, I haven't really met any of the goals that I set out to achieve. If you look at some of the data, you might just say I failed. Over the last few weeks, I've looked back over what I've created. And yes, there is a lot of pride and there is a lot of disappointment. And so I want to focus this podcast on some of the lessons that I've learned from that disappointment. Because here's what I know to be true. Disappointment's just a part of being human. Life is not always meant to be rosy. There, there's an entire spectrum of emotion that we experience as humans for a really good reason. Because we're meant to feel and experience those emotions that are on the happy side of the spectrum and the ones on the negative side. Otherwise, why do those emotions exist if they aren't tools for us, if they're not useful? And so I believe disappointment is an emotion that's actually very helpful and one that we want to welcome instead of avoid. And because I've spent a lot of time recently experiencing disappointment, I want to break down for you some of the lessons that I've learned. Let's start with what disappointment actually is. It is a feeling, right? It's literally a series of vibrations that our body experiences. The problem with disappointment comes when we interpret those vibrations. What our brain decides that feeling means is either something that allows us to welcome it or avoid it altogether. Now, the most useful interpretation I have found for disappointment is I didn't reach the desired goal. That's it. Put a big period right there. (laughs) I wanted something. I didn't get it. Period. Now, in my case, I've spent the last six months working towards some big changes in my business, and they didn't happen. I didn't reach those goals in the times that I wanted to. Or for some, it might look like you set out to, to stay calm and collected the next time your kid tantrums, but you end up losing it on them. Or maybe you decide to create some really strict boundaries around when you're going to log off of work and yet you're having a hard time keeping to them. Or maybe you spend many long hours preparing for a presentation and you don't land that client. All disappointment means is that you don't reach the desired goal. Now, when your brain interprets it in this way, it feels bad. Of course, it feels bad. But it also allows you to say, hmm, how could I do this differently next time? How could I change things so that I can, in fact, reach my goal the next time? You pretty quickly jump to the next step without all of those icky feelings lingering. I am inspired by many famous people who have interpreted failure in this way, which allows them to push forward and keep going after goals. For example, Oprah was fired from her first television gig for being too emotional. Stephen King was rejected by 30 editors before his fourth novel became a bestseller. 
Walt Disney was fired from his job as a cartoon artist for lack of creativity. Michael Jordan didn't make varsity the first time he went out for the team. And the only reason any of these successful people were able to keep moving forward towards their goals, the, the achievements that we all know them to have today, is because disappointment didn't mean anything except failure to reach the desired outcome. Not that it was impossible, not that they weren't made for it, not that they were on the wrong path, right? Just that they didn't reach the desired goal. Now, the most detrimental interpretation of disappointment is, I didn't reach the desired goal and I should have. Whenever we throw in that should, we're judging ourselves. And in this case, we're judging ourselves likely to not be good enough or be incapable or be inadequate. Not meeting the goal becomes very personal. Like it's a personal attack on our abilities and who we are as a person. So we yell at our kids and we think, we're bad moms. We don't meet the deadline and we think we aren't good enough as employees. We miss the mark on a presentation and we think we aren't capable or competent. Another detrimental interpretation of disappointment is, I made the wrong choice. This is when you begin to start questioning yourself and the decision you made to go after the goal in the first place. Like the disappointment really shouldn't be here at all. And you're interpreting it as a sign that you're on the wrong path. Now, if I was interpreting disappointment this way while trying to achieve these big business goals, it would sound a lot like, oh my, oh my gosh, I I made the wrong choices in my business and the content and the trainings and the podcast. None of it's any good. I, I should have just kept doing what I was doing before. It's not helpful. No, I know that the work that I'm doing as a coach And for working moms, the content, the value that I put out in the world, it's life-changing. I believe that so deeply, despite the fact that I haven't really met any of my goals over the last six months. Or as another example, I have a client that tends to interpret disappointment in this way, where she tends to make the disappointment mean that she's made a wrong choice. She she uses it as a sign of her decision-making. She was actually offered two different jobs recently, and she got to pick between them which of course is a really great problem to have because both jobs were excellent. She could have chosen either one of them. And ultimately, when she finally had to decide, she was in fact very disappointed. And rather than think, wow, it is disappointing that I can't do both of these jobs. It's disappointing that I have to let one of them go. Instead, she made the disappointment mean, oh my goodness, I should have chosen the other job right? So she went into questioning mode of herself and her decision, and she assumed that she just made the wrong choice because disappointment was present and that she shouldn't have done that. So the way that you interpret disappointment is very important because it's either going to be useful to you, it's going to either propel you to figure out how to meet the goal next time, how to improve, how to grow, or it's going to throw you into this negative spiral, immobilize you, make you second guess yourself and hold you back. So another meaning that I like to ascribe to disappointment is I'm going after something big. Because if it wasn't really something big, then I probably wouldn't be disappointed at all. I am going after something big in my business and as a coach. I'm reaching for higher goals. I'm not settling and I'm pushing myself for more. Disappointment, when it's present, when I'm feeling it, it reminds me of the character qualities that I really love about myself. And that what make me me. I never want to be somebody that settles. 
I never want to settle for status quo. I never want to be someone that plays it safe. I want to experience the depth and the breadth of life. And I know that I haven't achieved that. So it's going to require me putting myself out there, setting really big goals, trying new things, failing and expecting that I will be disappointed from time to time. The vision that I set for this year is to change the paradigm for how working moms experience balance. That is a big dream. That's a big vision. My goal is to help thousands and thousands of ambitious women learn how to create a balanced life so they can go out and change the world without ever sacrificing their family. I don't know anyone who's trying to tackle this problem in the way that I am. So of course, I don't exactly know how I'm going to do it. I've never done it before. But rather than be held back in fear because I don't know how I'm going to make this vision a reality, instead of allowing the disappointment of my first failures to mean that this goal is too lofty or that I'm not good enough, instead, it reminds me of how I am the perfect person for this. I am designed to go after big things, to never settle, to keep moving forward. It's what makes me me. And to be honest, my guess is it's what makes you you too. Because being ambitious means that you have high aspirations. You want things that feel unattainable. You want a regret-free life. You want that career and you want that family life that make you happy. So experiencing disappointment can actually remind you that you're on the right path and that you're the right person to be going after it. So once you're at this point where disappointment becomes normal and welcome, what becomes most important is that you create a soft cushion for yourself to land on. Again, disappointment feels bad. We actually don't want to change that because fundamentally, it doesn't feel good. And the more we resist that feeling, the more we sit in judgment of it, the the more we try to fix that feeling, the less helpful it will be to us. So the point isn't that we want to make disappointment feel better, but what we do want to do is give ourselves a a real giant dose of self-compassion when it happens. We need to have a soft cushion to land on when we fall. I want to explain what I mean by this, and I'm, I'm going to take us a little bit to an extreme because I think it's a little easier for our brains to understand. So when someone you love dies and you're sad and you're grieving over that loss, you allow yourself space to feel that. There's a lot of self-compassion. You aren't internally yelling at yourself saying that you shouldn't be sad or that you should just get over this or that you're a horrible person because you're upset about this. No, it's very normal to feel sad and grieve after you lose someone. And so you allow yourself space to feel that. And that might look a little different for everyone. But for me, it looks like lounging around in my pajamas all day, not really getting to my to-do list. It looks like treating myself to a cup of coffee or asking my husband for a little alone time to just sit and stare off my porch. Looks like getting to bed early and getting a good night's sleep or scheduling a massage or just giving myself the allowance to cry whenever it pops up. Or maybe it's just asking for what I need when someone asks if they can help. These are just the little ways that I show myself self-compassion and that I love myself in the midst of feeling sad. What I want to offer to you is that it looks exactly the same when we feel disappointment. That's the same level of self-compassion that we want to have for ourselves when we feel disappointed. So for me, over the last few weeks, I have found myself just putting my hand over my heart and taking several really deep breaths whenever that wave of disappointment would flow over me. 
whenever I would think about how I, I hadn't reached my goals and how far off I've been, I just treat myself with kindness and love. And the biggest result that has come from normalizing and welcoming the disappointment and then cultivating the self-compassion has been how quickly I have moved past the disappointment, how quickly I have gotten to a place where I'm making new plans for how I'm going to reach this goal in the future. And you could sure as heck believe that I am not giving up. An ambitious and balanced life is possible for all working moms, and I am creating a path for them to get there. All right, that is all the lessons I have for you today on disappointment. I want you to get on out there to keep reaching for higher goals, welcoming disappointment, and loving yourself all along the way. You ready, working moms? Let's get to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you're looking to create a life where your career and your home life never feel at odds, where you're working less but achieving at the same level, a life without regret where you know you are doing exactly what you want to be doing, then join the Ambitious and Balanced Working Moms Collective. This is a group of ambitious working moms who believe that work-life balance is possible for them and are committed to creating it. The program includes 30 short videos and workbooks that teach you how to create the building blocks of a balanced life, as well as weekly group coaching and in-depth support within a private working moms community. Oh, and did I mention that when you join the community, you get lifetime access? That means you have access to coaching and material to help support your balanced life in every season. You can find out more information and sign up for the collective on my website at www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash collective.